right, good morning. How's, how's everybody doing? Who here has school in like a week? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm seriously, I'm not, I'm not rubbing that in your face. That's, um, man, I can't believe it's almost August. I just don't know where the year went. Uh, they say that, or I don't know who they is, but I've heard people say um, that in life, the days are longer, but the years are short, and that's really true. And I remember when I was, gosh, when I was younger, for all you school kids, school did not start August 1st. That is, that's like a crime, I think. But nobody asked me, so I didn't get a vote. So anyway, um, public service announcement, just to help you out. Um, I made a fantastic discovery at the grocery store this week, and I want to share it with you, and I would encourage you to do it today. Um, I don't know if all grocery stores have this, but at Pub, not Publix, Kroger, they have peanut butter cookies with Eminem, or Reese's Pieces in them that you can make. They're so choice. I'm just, just letting you know that. I, uh, I did that Thursday or Friday. Went to the grocery store. I found them, and, uh, they're spectacular. So that's for free. I thought I'd share that with you all. Um, let me reiterate two of the announcements Fran shared. Uh, number one, August 7th, it's Promotion Sunday, our back-to-school kickoff service. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you um, have kids, if you're a parent, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, things start up that morning at 9 o'clock. And Fran mentioned this. They're going to have all sorts of games and activities. It's going to be a blast. So Really hope you can make it. I think your kids are going to have a great time. And I don't know. Uh, I'm going to just say that if you don't have kids, you probably can't go. Sorry. Uh, it's going to be fun. But uh, they do have limited supplies. You might be able to get like a balloon animal or something. But that's probably it. But it will be really great. And that will be a great Sunday. I know I've said this last couple of weeks. But the beginning of the school year and the beginning of a new series is a great time to invite people to church. And so I really do want to encourage you on that. Just be praying about that. Anybody you know that you can invite. Um, people, like the end of summer, it's a time of transition for everybody as the school year kicks back in. And so people are looking for a church. So really just be thinking about the people in your life that you have a relationship with that you could say, you know what, August 7th, I should try to invite them. That'd be great. Second announcement, just to reiterate, the connection cards, um, I think I'm such an idiot. I... I think they're supposed to be in your bulletin. I have absolutely no idea, and I should probably check on that since I run the service. But you're supposed to have connection cards. And uh, if you've never filled one out, I would really ask that you would do that. I promise you we're not going to stalk you. This is not to annoy you. There's sometimes apprehension like, do I want to give this church my information? I get that. Uh, This is just a way for us to serve you. And we will not um, hound you or harass you. This is just a way for us to get you some information and so if this is your first time, we'd love it if you filled one out. If maybe you've been coming a couple of times, or maybe you've been here for years, you've actually never filled one out, that would be very helpful. So anyway, just to throw that out there. Okay. But yeah, those peanut butter cookies, I'm telling you, seriously, <laughs> it'll change your life. So um, we are continuing our series called Heroes, and we've been doing this for the entire month of July. And we've been looking at Old Testament characters, men and women, who are considered heroes of the faith, people that, if you've been in church for a while, you know these people, we've looked up to them, and we've um, studied them. And what we've been talking about is looking at their lives and looking at who they were 
and trying to understand what made them heroes and heroic in God's kingdom. We've been looking at whether it be certain characteristics or traits they might have had or heroic actions that they performed. What was it about them that made them heroes? And from their lives, what do we today need to live out here in Macon, Georgia, to be heroes like them? So that's what we've been studying and what we've been looking at. And just to do a quick review, so far we've looked at Abraham, Moses, and David. And when we looked at Abraham week one, we talked about how Abraham was a hero because of the way he prayed for people. Specifically Abraham, he was really great about praying for people that he knew and also praying for the will of God to happen in the earth. And that we want to be people who do the same thing. Week two, Tim preached and we talked about Moses and how Moses was the great liberator of the nation of Israel. He led them out of slavery in Egypt and how you and I have the same calling today to free people spiritually through the gospel in Christ. And then last week we looked at King David and we talked about, we looked at the story of David and Goliath and how David killed Goliath and how for those of us who have giants in our lives that plague us and haunt us, how we can, through the Holy Spirit and through Christ's help, slay the giants in our lives so we don't live with those things anymore. Now, those three men, um, Abraham, Moses, and David, they're probably, there might be some debate here, but they're probably the three most famous, most important people in the Old Testament. If there was like a Mount Rushmore of Old Testament, they would be on it. All right, so like they're the big guys, they're the big guns, so you've heard of them. But today we're actually going to talk about a guy that is very possible you might not have heard of him, maybe you have, but he's actually kind of a minor character in the Old Testament. He doesn't have a huge role or a huge... Um, kind of narrative about him. And the guy we're going to look at, his name is Caleb. And Caleb is a really cool guy, but like I said, he's not a major character. Maybe you've heard of him, maybe you hadn't. But here's the cool thing I think about Caleb. Even though he's a small character, he doesn't have a, you know, a big narrative, a lot of the Old Testament doesn't have much writing about him. But Caleb was a guy that the Lord really thought highly of. Caleb was a guy that God had a very high opinion of. And so I just want to throw out to you, anytime you come across somebody in the Bible that God is very clear and like overt and just very like, hey, this guy, this woman is awesome. Anytime God does that, that is somebody that you want to pay attention to, that I want to pay attention to, and that's somebody we want to learn from. So just to give you a little biblical knowledge, not everybody in the Bible does God speak highly of. Um, not every great person in the Bible does it necessarily say something great about. So anytime that God is like, hey, this guy, this woman, big thumbs up from me, that's somebody we want to learn from. And Caleb is definitely that person. So I'm excited to talk about him. And just to give you a little bit of a commercial, a little bit of direction, but not giving away the whole store on this, just to let you know what we're going to generally talk about today, we're going to be talking about how we can be heroes here at Martha Bowman Church. That's the general direction we're going, how we can be heroes in the kingdom of God, specifically in this church and what this church is doing. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to everybody's favorite book of the Bible, Numbers. Um, that's such a stupid joke. I knew it was like, I was like, I'm going to make that joke, and it's so dumb, but I just couldn't help myself. Um, I say that because Numbers is in the Old Testament, and it's not the most read book in the Bible. Like, you know, we read the Gospels or Isaiah, but Numbers, everybody's like, Numbers? Who reads Numbers? So, you should read it. Anyway, I knew that was a stupid joke. And I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it. But Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible. So, go to Genesis, take a right, 
you hit Deuteronomy, take a left, it's right there. But the words, uh, they're supposed to be up there. We're going to read it. Yes, excellent. We're going to be in Numbers 13. You can follow along. I'm going to read it off the screen. And wow, these words, I'm really close to them. I've never done this before. Uh, But Numbers 13. Okay. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are the names from the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, son of Zakur, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori, and from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, our guy, Caleb, son of, I don't know how to say that, uh, Dr. J, we'll call him. I've been to seminary, like I've studied Old Testament Hebrew, and I have no idea how to say that word. All right, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on, to, and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they, un, are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. Um, skip ahead to verse 25. It says, At the end of 40 days, the spies, they, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live in the land are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people. This is so cool. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now we're going to jump down. This is chapter 14, verse 6. Um, just so you know, the Israelites, they get this report, and they're like, okay, never mind. We don't want to do this, Moses. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of whatever, uh, were among those who had explored the land. They tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And the Lord is pleased with us. He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And then this is a little later. This is God's shout out to Caleb. He says this, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. And we'll come back to that verse. So, okay. Anyway, I really have no idea how to say that word that starts with a J. So, Um, Okay, let me unpack what's going on here. The Israelites have 
crossed the desert. They were in slavery in Egypt. They were there for 400 years. God set them free through Moses. And so the whole Israelite nation, it's millions of people, they're let out of slavery. They march across the desert, and they've come to the edge of the promised land. Now, the promised land was the land God had promised Abraham, who lived hundreds of years before this story takes place, but he's the father of the nation of Israel. God had promised Abraham, I'm going to give you land for the nation of Israel, and that's where I want you guys to be my people, to establish yourselves, and I will be your God. And so the Israelites come up to the edge of the promised land, and they're waiting. They're about to cross over into it because that's the land God's promised them. But if they want it, they got to go in, they got to invade, they got to conquer it, and they got to drive everybody who's there out. That's how it's going to work. So they get to the edge of the promised land, and then Moses being the good leader that he was, he said, okay, we need to spend some, or excuse me, send some spies out and check everything out. We need to do some light recon, know what we're going into. So he sends 12 guys out to check out the land. And so there's one from each tribe of Israel. They go, they're gone for 40 days. They come back and Moses is like, all right, what's the sit rep? What's the report? And they give him the report. They're like, okay, the land is awesome. It's great. But there are some pretty strong people there. It's going to be kind of tough to, you know, take the land. It's not going to be a cakewalk. And then Caleb, our focus this week, Caleb stands up, and I love Caleb. He's so full of faith. He's got all this courage. He's like, hey, let's go. We got this. Let's go right now. Lord's with us. No problem. Well, the other spies, actually 10 of the 12, there was one other man we didn't read about, Joshua. He and both Caleb were like, we can do this. Let's go. But 10 of the other spies who had gone to the land, they say, no, 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 no. And they spread this lie, this false report about how if they go into the land, we're going to get killed, we're going to lose, it's going to be terrible, we can't do this, okay? And so this spreads through the whole camp. So the Israelites are like, we do not want to go do this. We're out. This is not for us. We don't want to go. And so it ends up creating this crisis and really this situation with the nation of Israel, which is this. They had a mission from God, which was to take the promised land. That was the mission of God that he had given them. And some of the people, like uh, Caleb, were like, great, let's go do it. We're in. But there were a lot of people who said, yeah, we don't want to do it. We're, we're, we're fine right here. Let's not go for it. And so you have this division where they have a mission from God. Some people are in it. They're ready to go. But some people, they don't want to be a part of the mission of God. But here's the thing. They don't want to not be the people of God. Like, they still want to be in the Israelite community. They just don't want to do the mission of God. Does that make sense? They like being God's people. They like God protecting them, blessing them, providing for them, being their God. But they're, they kind of draw the line at, yeah, but we don't want to quite get involved in the mission. And so this picture we see here of some of the people of God excited about the mission of God, and some people not taking that step into the mission is a very accurate picture of a situation that I would say, and I, this is just me speculating, but that probably exists in literally every church in the world. And I mean that seriously. And the, the situation is every church has a mission from God, like God has called us to do something. We have a mission we're supposed to execute. And in every church, there are people who are gung-ho and committed to the mission, but in every church there are people who are part of the church who have yet to take that step into the mission of the church, okay? And this exists in every church. And I'm just going to say this, and I hope this doesn't sting, but it's just the truth. 
that exists here at Martha Bowman. And that's not, I don't say that to make anybody feel bad or guilty. It's in every single church. Okay, we're not worse or bad. We just need to recognize that this is a situation that does exist here. And what we want to focus on today is we want to be the kind of church where everybody gets involved in the mission of what we're trying to do. We want to be the kind of church where everybody who comes to this church who would say, this is my church, becomes a part of the mission and the work of God. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. That's the direction of what we're going to talk about. Now, I'm going to say this right up front. I want to be as clear as I can, and hopefully you will believe me when I say this. I really want to be clear that today's message might be a little tough to hear for some of you, but I want to be clear this is not about guilting anybody or beating anybody up. All right, let me say, I have been in a church where I was not a part of the mission, so I'm not up here pointing the finger at anybody, okay? Um, But I want you to understand that today is about, if you have never gotten involved in the mission here at Martha Bowman, like you're a part of the church, but you've never kind of gotten involved in the work we're doing, that today is about you taking that step, and really about understanding that this is not a guilt trip or anything like that, but this is, okay, God is extending you an invitation to get involved. All right, it's not mandatory, it's not you better do it or you're bad. No, it's just God saying, okay, I want to invite you to get involved in what I'm doing at Martha Bowman. So I just want to say that up front and be clear. Now, when I say the word mission, let me go ahead and give you the mission of what we're trying to do here as a church, what um, we think God has called us to. And you can look this up on our church website, but the mission of our church is, and I'm going to make sure I get this right, make sure I read it correctly. Um, Our mission, we believe, is to save the lost, disciple the saved, and alleviate suffering. That's the mission of Martha Bowman Church. That's everything that we think, like everything that we do is done with the intention of fulfilling and accomplishing that mission from the Lord. So every ministry area we have, whether it's kids ministry, youth, worship, um, food truck, worship without walls, men's ministry, women's ministry, this service, the traditional service, whatever it is, we do all of this in the effort to hopefully accomplish our mission, which is save the lost, disciple the saved, and alleviate suffering. And so that's kind of like the big picture. That's the mission of Martha Bowman Church. That's everything we try to do is done in the effort to hopefully see that mission become a reality. That's the mission God has given us. Now, let me say, if you come to this church, and first off, if you're new or you've only been a couple times, you're totally off the hook. Just relax. You're good. But if you would say Martha Bowman United Methodist is your church, like you come here, this is the place that you find community, that you come to grow spiritually. If this, you would say, yeah, this is my church. I just want to say as clearly as I can, you are called to be a part of the mission. You're called to be a part of it. You are called to help serve and make the mission of this church a reality. And you are called, and I am called, to give your time, your effort, your talents, your gifts, and your resources to making that happen. You are called, and I am called, to be like Caleb and get involved in the mission. And the issue becomes, for some of us, and again, I have been in your shoes, where it's, I like coming to church, I like, you know, I like being in a Sunday school class, I like receiving from my church. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we need to understand the relationship we're supposed to have as being a part of a church, the relationship we're supposed to have with our church, and it's this. If you are involved in a church, and say you're involved here, your relationship with your church is one of receive and give. That's how it's supposed to work. 
So for starters, if you're a part of this church, this church is supposed to give abundantly to you, and you are called to receive from it. So for us as a church, we are called to disciple you, to love you, to invest in you, pour into you, and we try our very best to do that. So you are supposed to be in the community and receive from this church, 100% true, 100% okay. But you're also called to give to the community and to give to the mission. Jesus says in Matthew 10, freely you've received, freely give. And so it's a two-way street. And so the way it's supposed to be in your life and my life is when you're a part of a church, yes, you receive from a church, but yeah, you're supposed to get involved and give to the mission. And you're supposed to help the mission and the vision of this church happen. So I just want you to understand that if this is your church, that is what you're called to do, all right? Now, I want to take this a little bit further just to make this clear. Um, I want to look at a verse just to hopefully drive this point home. And the verse we're going to look at, I'll read it to you. It's uh, Mark 1.17. And let me read it. it. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, Come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, this verse is Jesus calling the first disciples to follow him. And this is the same call that the Lord gave you if you're a Christian. That he, and he also gave me. He's called us to follow him, to be in relationship with him, and to be his disciple. Now, let me just break this verse down for you so hopefully all that I'm saying makes a little bit more sense, and I just want to give you kind of the biblical reasoning for why we're talking about this. So you take this verse, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. The first phrase when Jesus says, come follow me, that is Jesus inviting all of us into relationship with him where we come to him in our sin and we accept his forgiveness and his grace and we enter into a relationship with him. That's the come follow me part. And then next thing Jesus says, and I will make you, when that phrase, that's talking about the Holy Spirit's activity in our life, that God is transforming us, making us more like him. He's changing us, making us holy, making us more like Jesus. That basically, that phrase, and I will make you, that's the receiving part of church. Just so you understand, God invites you into relationship with him and then he says, okay, I want you to get involved because I want to make you into something. And then the last phrase is fishers of men. And that phrase means God's gospel ministry of spreading the gospel through the earth. So the reason that God has invited you into relationship with him, that he is pouring into you, is so that you will be a part of the mission. And so whether you realize this or not, and maybe you didn't, you've actually already signed up to be a part of the mission, whether you knew you did or didn't. And so, and if you didn't, that's okay. But the Lord, when he called you, part of the way he called you was saying, you're supposed to be a part of the mission. That's just how it works. Now, the kingdom of God is not a draft. It's volunteer. So you're not required to do this, but the Lord wants you to be a part of the mission. So I just want you to see from Mark 1, you've actually already agreed to do this if you haven't done it yet. But more than that, even if you didn't know that, this is what God, part of the reason the Lord has saved you. This is part of the reason that he's done all that he's done in your life, is to be part of the mission. Again, freely receive, freely give. So, all that to say, if you have never gotten involved in the mission here, again, I don't want you to feel bad. There's no guilt. There's no, we're not beating you up here. This is about understanding. I really do want to say, we want to help you take that step. That if this is your church, that you could get involved. And we want to help you take that step because God is inviting you to get involved. The Lord is saying, okay, 
If you are part of Martha Bowman and you've never taken that step of getting involved in the mission, today would be the day to start. And what we want to understand is we looked at Caleb. This is who Caleb was, and this is what made him heroic. He was totally involved and committed to the mission that God had given the Israelites. He said, I'm in. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to just be a part of the Israelite community. I want to be a part of the mission. And for those of you who have been a part of this church, yes, it's time for you to take that step. If you've never done it before, if you've never gotten involved in helping the mission of this church happen, today can be the day you take that step and get involved. Um, And I want to say, too, that it's important to understand that you have a role that God wants you to complete in this church. Like, there is a place for you to serve. There is a role for you to have. And it's a lot more fun and exciting than you could ever dream. And we just want to help you get involved. We want to help you find that place so you can serve and you can grow in the Lord in that way. And so, again, that's what today is about. We want to see how can we be like Caleb and respond in that and get involved in the mission. Caleb is our hero for this week. And I love what it says about him. I'll read it to you. And it says, My servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. That's such a cool thing. That would be a great, um, that'd be a great thing to have said about you at the end of your life. And I would love that if people said that about me. But Caleb, he's our hero this week. And it's like, he is our hero because he was involved in the mission. And you're called to be a part of the mission here. And I want to say too, just so you understand kind of the bigger picture of why you're called to be here, just one more kind of piece of information. Jesus wants the gospel to spread through the whole earth. That's his desire. He wants everybody on earth to be saved. But the way that the gospel is going to spread throughout the earth is through the local church. Like, this is how the kingdom of God works. The local church is the hope of the world, because it's the conduit and the avenue through which the gospel spreads. And so, for us here... I would say 99% of us are not called to go be missionaries in China or India or anything like that. You're called to live in Macon, Georgia. And so you're called to live here. So the way that you get involved in the gospel spreading through the earth is through this church. Because God's called you here. And that's how you get involved in the whole plan. Okay? The local church is the hope of the world. And you have a role to help make it happen. And that's okay if you don't know what that role is yet. We will help you figure it out. But you're called to be a part of the mission if you haven't taken that step yet, okay? Now, in a few minutes, I'm going to pray when we conclude, and there's going to be a time for you to respond to this message if you've never taken this step and accepted God's invitation into the mission. And so we'll get there in just a minute, but just for you to just kind of begin to think about that, okay, if this message is for you, what can you do? How can you get involved? All right? Now, what I want to do is, we've been talking about this kind of big picture. I want to just take a minute, and I want to give you a couple of ways you can actually get involved. All right, these are the three ways you can get involved in our church if you want to get involved in the mission. So, the first one is prayer. If you want to get involved in the mission of this church, the number one way is through prayer. What I mean is that you would begin, as part of your prayer life and your relationship with the Lord, you would really begin to pray for this church whether that's five minutes a day, five minutes a week, an hour a month, whatever it is, that you would really commit yourselves to saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to be praying for this church, praying for the Spirit to move and for God to change lives. So number one is prayer. 
Number two way you can get involved is actually serving in the church. Okay, it's serving in the church. We have a lot of different ministry areas, and we would love to plug you in. Now, I'm just going to list off a few of the areas that we need some volunteers in. And if you actually are interested in these areas, please, you can come talk to me today. You can call me, email me. My email's on the website. But we would love to plug you in. But serving in ministry areas. So, for example, you could serve in our kids' ministry. They need volunteers. You could serve um, as a youth volunteer leader. I can tell you this. um, We are starting, this is going to sound kind of silly, but it's really important. We're starting a parking ministry. And we need people in the parking lot on Sundays telling everybody where to go, where to park. I mean, I don't know if you ever thought about it. But if you're new at a church, it's hard to know where you're supposed to go, what door to enter through. We need people doing it. And by the way, our parking lot is super confusing. I don't know if you recognize that. So we need people out there. We need people in this service to greet people and to welcome them. We want to have, oh, Denton's going to love this. We need people on the sound and tech team. Yes. If you have any interest in running sound or doing PowerPoint, that would be awesome. So those are just some examples, but we can get you plugged in. There's lots of ways you can get plugged into this church, but it's about finding that role for you so you can serve here and be a part of the mission. So that's the second thing. The third way you can get involved is through tithing. It's through your money. Uh, Money tends to be a touchy subject in church um, for some people. Uh, It's not really for me. Um, I'll just tell you, if you're part of this church, you're called to worship the Lord through giving financially to this church. Um, And the Bible says we're supposed to tithe 10%. That's not a suggestion. That's not a request. That's what God tells us to do. And so if you want to get involved in the mission, you know, we got to pay for this stuff. It's not free. We want to give the gospel away to people for free, but in order to pay for it, to be, for in order to be free, we got to pay for it, you know. And so if you have not ever been tithing to this church, um, you need to start. And so I'll just leave it at that. But those are the three ways you can get involved. Prayer, serving, and tithing. Those are the three main ways you can get involved in the mission here. Again, if you've never taken that step or ex- um, accepted God's invitation in that way. And again, we'll have a time to respond at the end when I pray. And you just, even now, just begin to think and kind of pray, all right, those three areas, what can I do? How can I do all three? So, now, okay. Um, I want to address kind of one objection, maybe, that could be in some of your minds to what I'm saying today. And so, because I've encountered this before. When you talk to people about being a part of the mission of a church, I know some people think, well, can I just keep coming to the church and not serve? Absolutely. You 100% can. The Lord will not be mad at you. He's going to still love you, bless you, take care of you, provide for you. We as a church, we are going to continue to love you and invest in you if you just come here and never get involved. I just want you to know that. But here's the thing. If you don't get involved in the mission of your church, you can continue to grow in the Lord, and I promise you he will bless you, and it'll be great. But I will say this, you will miss out a little bit of what God has for you. Because part of what the Lord does in your life and my life, he does in direct correlation with when we serve in his mission. That's not to say that God's going to stop loving you. No, it's nothing like that. But you will miss out a little bit. You really will miss out a little bit on the fullness that God has for you. 
The Israelites didn't want to go into the promised land. If they hadn't, they would have missed out on God's fullness. And so God will continue to love you and bless you abundantly. We will continue to love you and invest in you. But you will miss out a little bit on God's fullness for you because part of what the Holy Spirit does in your life and mine, he does through and when we serve and we get involved in the mission. So I just want to put that out there. That's for you to kind of pray through and wrestle with. I just wanted you to know that, okay? So real quick, I'll just wrap up, and then we're going to pray. This church has a mission, and you're called to be a part of it if this is your church. And I really hope you understand that today is about hopefully giving you the information so you can take that step and that you would accept God's invitation to be a part of what he's doing here. And the ways you can do that is through prayer, serving in the church, and tithing. And I don't know where maybe you fall in this whole spectrum of taking that step into the mission of church. There might be some of you here, you've been coming for a while, you've never gotten involved in the mission. You might have been like, I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. And that's, that's okay. Now you know. So you can do something about it. Maybe you've been coming here for a while and you've never gotten involved in the mission and you thought, yeah, I just don't have time. Okay, we're all busy. I'm not saying you're not busy. But I think you can find some way to get involved. God will help you figure that out. Some of you might be like, yeah, I, I'm scared to get involved because I don't think I'm talented or gifted. A lot of people think that way. Uh, I just want to tell you, if God's called you to do something, he's already equipped you to do it. And so whether you think you're gifted or not gifted, talented, untalented, God will give you, and he's already given you everything you need to serve in this church. And then lastly, you might be somebody who says, you know what? I don't want to get involved. I want to keep coming. Well, if that's you, okay. We love you. God bless you. Um, but I hope, if that's your attitude, that you would at least give that over to the Lord to let him change it. We have a really cool, fun mission here, and we're really excited about the days to come. God has been present and active in this church for a really long time, but we know that um, our best days are ahead. And I hope, if this is your church, you will become a part of it, because you're called to be a part of the mission like Caleb. So, again... I'm going to wrap up right now in prayer, and just this is a chance for you to respond in your heart, in your seat. If this message is for you, just ask the Lord, how does he want you to get involved? If you need to take that step and accept his invitation. And if you need to come talk to me or anybody on staff, we will get you plugged in. All right? Okay, let's pray.